What's going on, everybody? Welcome back into yet another episode of the Dogs Basketball Podcast here on another Friday, a week after we came to you guys discussing and I guess honoring the careers of Marcus and Lance. We talked about Pat Monahan leaving. Have a little bit more information on that, a little bit as to why he maybe left. We also have a lot of stuff around the Valley. Topics, some new interests, where they're going, where, uh, you know, more heavy interest in terms of maybe narrowing down some lists that since the last time we talked. And then we'll talk about a mailbag of a couple questions or things people actually messaged us or direct messaged us on Twitter after we tweeted that today. We'll dive into a couple of those at the very end. But there's other big news to attend to. I'm Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. And Noah, it's just a week. You know, we knew these off season updates. Not necessarily would come once a week, but when it when other news breaks, it's it's vital. And obviously the the uh, the certain state of mind of some of the fan base, along with just other things to talk about, it's warranted for just a week straight. But obviously we'll have a lead off of more important news that happened uh, just yesterday. What's going on? Yeah, definitely. If uh, we're coming to you guys um, once a week throughout the off season, either. It's been a really good off season, or there's been some bad news here and there. But hopefully, hopefully we are coming through April once a week because, like, we have so many spots to fill now. So after yesterday's news, so hopefully it is once a week. But um, yeah, it's gonna be it's time to buckle up because April's gonna be a fun month to follow everything. It seems like this off season's building up to be kind of like. Yeah, with those spots to fill, as you mentioned, that it's almost like a whole new – it's like a whole new regime's coming in. It's kind of like how it was four years ago in terms of we haven't had this many spots to fill in a while. But let's kick off the news of why all this is uh, coming to fruition to talk about, Noah, and that is Foster Wonders. We we talked about him on pods leading up to the end of the season. Obviously, last week we were saying, oh, who could be the next guy to enter the portal? And as we know – you know, over the course of this season, I even say, obviously, in the last season, and we know Foster Wonder's role, but how Brian always talked about him, of how much that he loved him. He said that in one of the last interviews of the season. He touched on Foster at the at the exit interview a couple couple weeks ago, but even before the season ended, maybe even right after, who knows, he mentioned that he loved him and stuff. So I thought we were actually in decent standing with Foster that he would return. But no, like I said, Yesterday, it, it broke in the afternoon that he would also be entering the portal. And we were trying to – one, we just took took a step back because, like I said, it was – we could see him leaving, but then there was an ounce of us that just said, oh, yeah, we he could stay just because he made a post on his Instagram just days prior of year one, scratching it off and stuff. So, it, you know, that could have meant clearly if it was here or elsewhere. And – uh no, this is one of the most unfortunate ones I think we can easily remember, definitely under this regime, but dating back for a while. And we know even back to the former regime that it wasn't like this in terms of, well, actually, I, we could probably think of one actually dating back to years and years ago. But no, this Foster leaving, like I said, 50-50 on surprise and not just based off how it was happening. We know the, the uh, meetings kept happening. It's like I remember saying a couple of days ago, like, yeah, you know, you never know we could have – someone else leave, you know, it's still super early in this process. And Noah, this kind of took us off guard randomly in the afternoon 
because we had just obviously been talking endlessly about who could return, what the fits could be. And like I said, no, this is one of the most disappointing ones we can remember clearly just because of how he was treated his first couple of years. Yeah, most definitely. This is a guy where, um, where we lacked in, in the three point shooting category where he could have really helped us at times, even his freshman year, we talked about it a lot with him and Scotty. Do you burn the red shirt? Because those guys could have, could have helped this team that year and definitely thought at times they Foster should have played more this year. Did not. It's just a shame because this guy did not get the opportunities wanted. Obviously, um, Brian, since he got here, he's been the type of coach that says, um, if you're not going to play defense, you're not going to play for this kind of team. And that was, that was the downside of Foster's game is defense. But uh, anybody you talk to, as a Saluki fan, the times you saw him, the defense wasn't a problem. So um, we dealt it. We dealt with it with Marcus for four years. So it just sucks the potential this kid had. I mean, just really sucks because with the opportunities now, with all the spots open, him leaving to find something else. He DM'd us today, thanking us and stuff like that. So appreciate him coming here, but coming from Michigan where he was a really good high school player, a three-star out of the state of Michigan, number five ranked player in the state of Michigan as a senior. We were able to land a kid like this, and now he's going to go find a new home. Wouldn't wouldn't be surprised if it's back home somewhere in Michigan school or he follows probably his main recruiter, Pat Monahan, to Green Bay. Yeah, and you say that just because I saw recently, I'm sure you saw it as well, Preston Rudinger had just committed to Green Bay, and Foster actually quoted it. And said just something about, like, congrats kind of thing. And uh, that could allude to that. I was actually going to mention to you that off this beforehand. I forgot. Until that, it does seem like, as we say, oh, maybe that's where Dalton could go. I think Dalton could be on the cusp of a decision here soon. Obviously, Green Bay was in on him. And then, yeah, yeah, I think Foster, there's a really good chance he does go there. Yeah, he was highly heralded. We were excited about him. We talked about, yeah, maybe the competition he faced. He put up almost 30. He put about 30 points a game. Uh, you know, we were excited for him in that class. And we were just talking about last week. Uh, the 2020 class is already gone, and now you got one of three that are gone. So you only got two guys left from the previous, from the 2020 and 2021 classes. That's unfortunate. And even in Foster's case, you mentioned Marcus. For sure, like we said, oh, he's good enough to where you can live with poor defense at times. But Foster, if he got the run, just in general, a good 15 to 20 minutes a game, like how he should have got this year. And like you said, yeah, him and Scotty could have played for us first year because what we – because at times we struggled with the same thing this year of scoring, a little bit of shooting. Like I said, Cash carried the load a lot, surprisingly, and then rebounding. Last year we were small. Anthony was hurt. Kyler wasn't anything on the boards. We needed that. Scotty could have gave us that. So, yeah, we could have used him last year. And if Foster got the run, he could have easily put up a lot of points to where we would have been not on the exact level of Marcus, but we would have accepted the poor defense. But, yeah, the defense wasn't even poor. Like, he just had standard – defense like clearly he probably had a bad run in a game either on both ends to where it's like yeah you're going to see that he's not perfect um i mean it is just unfortunate again he got run sometimes in this season he only played in 24 games averaged about seven minutes per but it was just sporadic there'd be games where he didn't play, wouldn't play some games that he would and no every time he came in he did something either like I said, it wasn't awful on defense at all, but then he'd also make a shot. And we go back to that Indiana State home game at the start of December. 
the only reason we were able one of the reasons why we were able to claw back was because he shot us back into the game i just remember all the highlights the murray shot the uic shot where he made a couple threes there's just so many moments throughout the season where he made a three to help us or just in general he get he'd make his first two shots of the game it's like this is what he can do every single time and we failed foster there's no doubt about that because even even from his point of view how can you stay whenever you know you've been treated as such so far but then he could look at it as well there was my freshman year. I'm a redshirt freshman. I'll be a redshirt sophomore that this could be the year. And we know we'll be in on guys that are going to play a lot in the transfer portal. And he could definitely fit into that. And I guess, you know, he was being told about what it could potentially be. Uh, even though if you want to sell a guy on staying, you can kind of lie to him. That's kind of recruiting can be a little bit of a lie at times. And no, that let's just quickly segue to a reason maybe why he could be leaving. Like I said, he made that post a couple of days ago. And we thought it was actually in good standing until this happened. And, no, this this segues around the fact that we don't know what Trent Brown's doing. Trent Brown also had an Instagram post. I'll let you dive into what it said and everything and what it could allude to. I wonder if Trent may be coming back because we don't. he hasn't posted anything. We don't know anything about him. He's the one guy of that trio clearly we haven't and of the seniors. If Brian mentioned to him that Trent could return, and clearly if Trent's going to come back, he could be like more of a, a – uh, a leader, vocal guy to lead into maybe a GA spot if he just wanted to use his last year. I'd be so shocked. But no, that might be leaning that way, and that could be a, a reason why Foster could be headed out as well. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, the post, I mean, these these cryptic posts these guys have really made to end this season. I mean, this one, just a couple pictures of him playing, and uh, it ends with a team picture, then ends with Trent. Trent Marcus and Lance um by the Buffalo down at um slipping my mind. Giant City. Yeah. yeah, Giant City. So um but the caption is this place grows on you and uh just a bunch of comics from a bunch of players, some past players, but the one the one comment that caught my eye, I don't know if you saw this, but it was by Ronnie Suggs and it said year five question mark with eye emojis and Trent liked it so oh thinking this could mm. be i mean you can take it wherever you want it but this means he's potentially coming back which i mean at this point the way the roster is wouldn't mind him back he's, he'd be a leader he, he know you know there's that potential of a breakout his him to start hitting his shot so it happens i don't know if you could also take it as which I don't think it's this, but you could also take this as, oh, well, the the, the staff's going to take year five of train over Foster down the road, and they're going to bring in other people as well. But I don't think it's that, but you can also take it that way. Yeah, I did not know that. And that's what it just kind of seems. Like I said, he hasn't posted anything yet. You feel like he'd be, you know, making a thank you SIU post or something because he would have been the one, clearly the least likely that would return and, we endlessly joked about I wouldn't have that on my bingo card of Marcus and Lance leaving and Trent being the one because Trent, because it clearly just seemed like, and whether injuries have been the reason why, or just la clearly lack of anything, you know, he had a decent run in some of these games. Like we said, he went six straight games without scoring and then he didn't play that next game. So it just, the writing was on the wall for him to definitely not return. And you're right. We are to the point where I would accept him back because now since you lose Foster, who's the best shooter on the team as it stands now, even with Trent kind of iffy on the roster, there's nobody 
on the team. Xavier's our best shooter as it where it stands right now. And, you know, this tied a little bit into Okai Dominguez, have you pronounced his last name from Drake, that uh, we were initially in on. It looked like he trimmed his list. And I just remember saying, you know, it's okay that we're not totally in on him and we're not trimmed to his list because we had Foster. Now that looks bad. Would have loved to go back in on Okai. It's too late now. So that's why Trent being back, yeah, because of the leadership and because of uh, his shooting. And you're right, he could break out. He could do something if he's fully healthy. And just because it would it would stink to to cover six or seven spots, Trent does make it to where it's, that's not as vital. Of, and it is a guy, clearly, who knows everything and could do whatever and be that leader that we need. And it definitely caught us by surprise. And I would definitely think that that's the case. Foster is probably tired of Trent. He's been a reason why. He's been kind of waiting in the wings the last two years and kind of been blocked in that regard. And uh, definitely, like I said, maybe Foster was thinking on coming back, and that does tie into the Monahan stuff and potentially and just the fact that once he hears about Trent, then that was the reason why he would. And obviously it takes a couple of days before people officially enter the portal, so this could have been a three- or four-day thing leading back to also when Pat left, as we know. So. Like we say, that's okay if Trent coming back, I guess. But if it's at the sake of Foster, then we should be pretty ticked off about it with Foster's eligibility and the, what he could do. And he could be clearly a better shooter than Trent, even though Trent's shown to be great at it over his career. So that's a wait and see with Trent. We don't know. This is like the ultimate speculation. I do think that'll be the case. He will return. And like I said, that's at the, the sake of Foster. That's unfortunate. Uh, and yeah, you're right. He did DM us because we made a tweet about him. He just got back to us. Uh, earlier and yes did thank us and we just told him it's unfortunate you know it, it couldn't work out that he's one of the best shooters we've ever seen and we wish him well thank you for yes initially choosing SIU so we'll be following him and yes he will probably end up at Green Bay but this is just a big deal because like I said heralded out of high school we were so excited for him he's been the the muck of you know frustration amongst any other player I think on the whole team the last two years it's crazy and we know the talent that he had, and he showed it on the court. And looks like he's going to be blocked again, which is just very, very unfortunate. Um, no, I'll let you get your final your final thoughts on Foster and the unfortunate that he's leaving. And like I said, probably headed to Green Bay. Not sure. Somebody, Jake Lieberman, was posting about you know the two schools that were in on him out of high school. Maybe he can give them some look as well. Someone's going to love seeing that potentially. Um, but now, Noah, let's. Let's. I'll let you, like I said, your final thoughts on that, and you can segue into recent news of guys we talked about last week, and there's some recent interesting stuff going on with our top two guys that left us just a week ago. Yeah, definitely think Foster will end up somewhere, potentially Green Bay, but, I mean, out of high school, the Oaklands, the Toledos, the really good Mac schools, all the Central, Eastern, Western Michigan, all those schools are in on them. Um, I think it could end up maybe at a Oakland or a Wright State or Green Bay or like one of those directional schools up in the Michigan area. So expect him to end up there and have a really good career because a lot of potential, untapped potential there with that kid, the way he can score the basketball. Then, yeah, with our two main guys, um, we know Marcus has been really, really, we had the interview with with Mike Reese. Um, with with Marcus and re- I really appreciated his honesty and telling us the insights of actually how close it was for him to come back to SIU um, and just what he's looking for of it's it would have always been enter the enter the NBA see what the waters are this year um, even if he came back to SIU and just 
what he's looking for in a new school. Yeah, he was honest in that, and he did give us a lowdown. Like he said, there's 30 to 40 schools in on him that he will make the right decision for him. He said professional still on the table. He doesn't know if he's going to jump into it immediately. He doesn't think it's likely, so he is focused on college. Um, you're right, and he said it doesn't. It doesn't come down to money. It just comes to, you know, just the next opportunity for him college wise. And though he touched on. Uh, he said clearly just in general, because he didn't, didn't, didn't want it to sound like that for anyone that would take it that way. He just said no offense to the staff here. He just wants a new set of eyes on his development. And know at the schools that he's getting looked at, you would think that that development and the keen eyes at these levels are clearly better than here no matter what. So if he wants that to propel him to professional level, then we understand it. And he took a visit to Illinois today. He's been getting looked at all the schools we've been talking about. And Noah, as Illini fans ourselves, would love to have Marcus. And there's been a lot of Illini fans talking about if they would want him or not. And they actually got somebody today, whether it's a walk-on or not, that in comparative to like, what well, would you rather have him or Marcus? And they'll slowly find that out. And the fact that Wisconsin's dream school, if he spurns them for the Illini, and we know they have new facilities over there in Champaign and everything, the whole process of it is legit. And I think he'd be blown away by it. We joked if he could take Brad Underwood's heat or not. Uh, that'd be so cool though for him to uh to go to Illinois, and it's and he did he did say he probably wants to decide he'll know it because yeah, in terms of coming back here, he said you know I maybe I felt that way about it. He got close and, and then he'd wake up one morning and he would change his mind, and that's what he said on his decision for his next college that he would just wake up and then he'll know and then he'll decide. He didn't want to take too long to decide it. So yeah, we appreciate that interview. It was only a, a time coming. We know he was with Robbie Dozier in Washington, DC recently working out with him and going back for this, for this workout. So that's a, a wait in progress. Hopefully he does choose the Alina. We would love him to go there. No, now. And then Lance Jones, he's been getting looks and there's been rumblings about where he could go. We haven't seen any list yet, but no, there's one that would end up becoming a rival of one Marcus Damascus. If he goes to Illinois, Noah. it, and obviously there's some ties to this team that's in on Lance. Yeah. Lance has um, been really interesting to been follow. I haven't seen any lists really, um, but it's on a on three paywall that um, somebody sent to me that potentially going to be headed to Purdue and they think it's going to happen pretty soon. So I know I was just going through his follows and seeing a bunch of assistant coaches, but I did notice Paul Lusk was, um, in his follows, and we knew we do know that he was in on, or they were in on a Marquise Kennedy. So we know they're looking for, and I think they had one of their older guards transfer out as well. So they're looking for some older guards because we know that was their problem last year. Those younger guards they had really struggled with pressure and late in game. So if they can go out at Lance or a Marquise Kennedy, I mean, I can't really picture Lance playing at Purdue, but if he can go there, I can't blame him. No, he should He should definitely go there if he can. I mean, that's what we were – when we were talking about Marquise Kennedy last week, it was like, man, you can't really turn on Purdue, really. And in comparison to the, both those two, they could pick their, pick whichever one they would want. The heck, heck, they can get both maybe. We were t- trying to compare the two. Like Marquise is more disciplined. I think Lance is more talented than Marquise. And I don't know what, and Lance is great defensively. Marquise is on his own. He's great as well that, uh, you know, they want that, yeah, as you said, that kind of senior that can 
do the right things for them. And they'll be getting a lot with Lance. Like I said, they'll be getting a little bit less baggage with Kennedy in terms of his style of play, but Painter and Lust getting eyes on Lance and developing him. They can maybe hone down a little bit of what he dealt with this year. Uh, but again, Marcus and Lance could very well be conference rivals here before long. And it does seem like it's actually a really great chance. Lance does go to Purdue and we'll see again what, if Marcus ends up at Illinois, we'll be following, like we said, we'll be following the careers forever. But just the fact that we're definitely following their next year to see where where they end up. Noah, quickly talking about Pat, because we talked about him last week, that it came to our attention or your attention. You told me about the other reasons maybe as to why Pat Monahan chose Green Bay, aside from just maybe more money, closer to home, where his roots are in terms of his recruiting. Like we said, it was weird taking an assistant for an assistant under uh, Sundance Wilkes or Wicks, but no, go ahead. And what, what did you hear on Pat? Maybe for another reason as to why he chose that job. Yeah. I heard potentially that um, his girlfriend is the coach of the UW when, or UW wins or Milwaukee women's team. So maybe he's been, that he's potentially been looking to get back closer to home um, sooner rather than later. I guess it's probably been, happening for a while now and this is an opportunity that he can't pass up if he wants to go back home and he gets to be a top assistant at a school where like we've said a lot we call him the king of the north and he can recruit up there for green bray and he's already off to a hot stop heart hot start getting Preston rudinger from the valley yeah, and it's weird I, I i wonder if getting preston even he's off injury that that would mean they wouldn't go after Dalton. I don't know what their other point guard position is. I saw Pat working with them. They have a couple of their players still that have been working out with them. So uh, it, it's tough whenever personal decisions like that get in the way that he would want to do that for that, that he would leave. And probably could have been in the works. He's probably been looking to do that for a while. Yeah. So good luck to Pat. Had to touch on that. And then Noah, quickly, we, we know we saw the national championship and we know Tristan Newton was on UConn and, Juwan was there, and we SIU actually got some screen time and some shout-outs from Jim Nance in his final game to call. He was talking about just mentioning how Juwan's got an older brother at Southern Illinois, just finished his senior year. He said he ran into Juwan there um, and just talked to him about um, just obviously their brotherhood and Tristan getting to this point. And they were showing Juwan on TV a little bit, so we got to experience that with Tristan. That's really, really cool. And obviously, it's always good whenever SIU gets a shout-out. Um, definitely on that level, people probably went and said, oh, so Illinois, that's right. I remember them and looked it up. I don't know. That's the kind of publicity you want, no matter how it is. Good. Any pub is good pub. That's at the end of the day. So so that was good. Uh, and then, Noah, now let's segue into the two interests. There hasn't been – we've only had two interests since the last time we talked. Actually, one happened either the day of we were recording, the night of, or the next day. One that's interesting, and and my eyes, the one who one who I would want, and there's another one as we know a lot of other teams are in on. It'd be hard to get this kid, but Noah, just two other interests for us have happened since then. And talk about, I'll let you talk about all of this real fast here. Everything you see in front of you, the new interests, the ones we lost off our thread, and in general, and then ones that have trimmed their list that we were on. Yeah, definitely think um, I would take either of these guys, um, especially with the spots we have now, but. Um, the night of, you're talking about Kobe Knox, a 6'5 guard from Grand Canyon University, averaged five points a game, just under two rebounds, and just over an assist a game. 50% from the field, 41% from three as a freshman, so a lot of eligibility. 
Chattanooga, Florida Gulf Coast, Middle Tennessee State, and among others in on him would be a really good get. Like I said, eligibility. Um, I don't. I'd rather try to get some back guys with eligibility back in this program since we've lost some here recently. Then another guy, Justin Harmon, six four guard, originally from Chicago, Utah Valley transfer, lost in the NIT semi final game, had sixteen points in that one, averaged fourteen, which led the team four rebounds, three assists as a junior. Bradley on he's actually posting his offers. Bradley in Illinois already offered him. We have not I've noticed that a couple times with a couple transfers we've been reportedly reached out to. Oregon also in on him. Um that would be a really good get. I don't know if what kind of ties AAU Back in the day, he played, whether it's Mean Streets, where you may know Javon, or it was potentially Wolves with the Mullins family. And also, um, just some guys we lost. Um, we know Briggs McLean. We haven't officially lost out on him, but he's pretty much trimmed his list um, out on him. Okai, you mentioned earlier, trimmed his list as well. Um, just trying to think. I think we mentioned Landon Moore last time where he hasn't officially cut his list, but we weren't on his next list where he says he's heard from this this team the most. Um, I'm trying to think of – oh, Isaiah Swope, a guy we would have taken easily from USI. Um, he's headed in the Valley. He's headed to Indiana State. Um, it sucks, but probably through the D2 ranks he knows um, – being from Indiana, he probably knows shirts pretty well before this. So just keeping him in the Valley is going to be a problem. Um, trying to think of any others off the top of my head that we've lost out on or. Um, I, I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a whole lot more, honestly. Yeah. Then uh, just thinking of others, Mason Walters, um, the NAIA player of the year. He is supposed to be, starting to make visits and he's pretty much trimmed his list. Um, Wyoming, Bradley, us, Montana state, Drake, Pacific firm, and UT Arlington down to eight schools, whether he takes eight visits, hopefully if it's in order, we'd be in third in line for visits and he would come in after that, but definitely a guy that um, would love to have. He has that six, nine can rebound, but he also has that, Kind of a Marcus Damas type game to him, but would really take this kid. He's he one and done senior grad transfer from the NAIA NAIA level, but would really like this kid. Expecting to probably end up in the valley either way. Yeah, I love I love his game. You watch him and his rebound numbers just went down a little. He averaged eleven his sophomore and junior year. But then, may, but his points went up, so you know he just had to do a little bit more. Oh, it's two rebounds less. He still had nine, and I know it's at that level. Even when you're a player of the year at any level, you're going to get looked at from the higher levels, especially uh, clearly at this day and age with the portal. And it does stink that Bradley's in on him. And I was jokingly trying to, and that fact that Drake and Bradley are both, he's going to be visiting as well. Uh, narrowed it down because his mom followed us on Twitter and just just trying to look as the only ones, the only team she follows are Wyoming, Bradley, and us. So I don't know if clearly after these visits he'll trim his list again or he'll make a decision. You're right. If it's because, yeah, Wyoming's the first team on here. 
uh, if that is an order, he'll get to us maybe, you know, Sunday or something, and he might decide sometime next week. So you never know. And, but if he is doing visits with everybody, he's got to travel away across the country. So hopefully it doesn't take too long, but he does want to make the right decision for himself. Love his game. I do love Kobe Knox's game as well. He's active. He, he has started in, I think it was 16 of 34 games this year, and it's about 16 minutes a game. Uh, he played against Gonzaga in that tournament game, only 11 minutes, only scored two points. But as you said, we want more uh, eligibility in this program now, losing a lot of guys in general, but wanting just the younger guys. And he's good. He could start for us right away easily. Uh, and he was on a team with a lot of scoring. And so he's he's lower on the pecking order. But as a true freshman, the fact that he was able to do what he did, um, for sure, I like him a lot. And, and Harmon, yeah, from Chicago, maybe there's some ties. Do you need to offer him, though, along with Illinois and Bradley, if we think we can have a chance because he's a kid that can come in here and dominate. And if that's for Bradley, that's unfortunate. If it's for us, then obviously for any team. And even if he goes to Illinois, he'll be good as well. That's how good he is. And, yeah, he left uh, that school when they lost in the tournament and their coach went to Cal. Uh, so he looking for better ops. So maybe staying in state. That looks like what he's going to do. Hopefully we can get to him a little bit there. And then, yeah, Tedrick Wilcox had said that he – uh, have been speaking heavily. We know he we were already in on him, but just a new a new one from Portal Report saying he's speaking heavily with with the schools. He had visited Hampton this week, Richmond, Loyola, and other schools. And the only the Valley School on here is Indiana State, unfortunately. Uh, if they get if they can get a guy like this with Swope, then it's deadly. It's it continues to be deadly for the Sycamores. But as long as we're on here and get a look, I'll be danged if he go to like Western Illinois or something. But uh, so yeah, those are the new ones. Yeah, you're right. We've lost on a cross- couple, and that is. You can cross Western Illinois off the list. Uh, Coach Jeter actually took this Southern Utah job today, so um, you can cross him off the list probably. I wouldn't have thought he could have went there anyway, but heavy interest, and he's going to – people who stay loyal to him and show the most interest is who he would like. As long as he doesn't go to Indiana State, and if it's not us, then clearly that's – that's how that's how we're that's how we are with Mason Walters as well. So definitely two guys we want and they're worth talking about because they're the furthest we've heard about any interest in any any transfer recruits in a while since we've just initially heard of the of the interest that was first there. So uh yeah, definitely want to get these decisions rolling. And Noah, I mean, that also segues us into we want these decisions, but we want an assistant at some point to come here in the coming weeks. We know that can be a process. We were kind of heard rumblings that it could take just a little bit. It would seem like it it couldn't. I think people would want to take this job because it's also a point of because there's so many spots to fill. If you can get a guy to, you know, steal him from a different staff and maybe if, you know, the head coach of that program left or just in general, maybe the exact same thing as Pat, you can get an assistant from somewhere. That can lead to players that are already in the portal or will enter to come to us. So it is an important decision to make on who to give, but you would think definitely uh, things are narrowing down. If Brian's dealing with that with also recruits, and you got Javon and Brendan working their tails off to try to get some of these guys, that decision should be wanted here pretty soon. Um, and then Noah, quickly, it's time around the valley. Um, you can dive into initially the the first news here. We'll we'll start off with the news that came in today. Something that we when we mentioned on the last one. Matt Lodick being gone and who they're maybe looking to. And it, it was official today that they got their guy and it's someone they're pretty familiar with. Yeah, a guy they're familiar with and a guy a, a lot of SIU fans um, are familiar with. But 
they got Roger Powell Jr. Um, as we know, he played at – he was a star player at Illinois, um, played with the Jazz, played overseas a lot. But he's been at Valpo before as an assistant coach, but he's been at um, Gonzaga for the past couple of years out there be, being under Mark Fuse. So this is a guy where I thought – I thought he was going to get the Illinois State job last year. Um I heard rumors that the interview did not go very well, but this is a guy that Valpo, if they were able to get him, it was it was a must. So really think they got the right guy here. Um, he just offered a guy right now as we speak. So um, exciting, exciting for the Valley getting a coach like this. I mean, back-to-back years of the hiring process and in inside the Valley you get, um, Raglan that was un- at Butler for a while and and the junior college ranks at Vincennes um, has been around the block. You get Peden that was a, one of the lead assistants at Ohio State and now you get a Gonzaga assistant. So really cool for the Valley lately. So big news for Valpo. Hopefully he can get going in the right direction. Yeah, and I think it just got to the point with Valpo that they know in the portal area just in general and you know, he, we know that Maximus Nelson left recently. We'd like to be in on him. He had a small little list, saw SIUE on there. That's a guy we would like to have with his shooting and eligibility. He's really young. He just left. We just mentioned Prudy, uh, Preston Rudinger committed. Uh, Diavaro is still there, and he's committed to Roger. And you mentioned they just, uh, they just got a guy, and I'm looking – or they just offered a guy, and I'm looking at a post they made six hours ago about him – I guess this was tonight. When was they posted some pictures? Is this from recently? Is this from today or something of him and like in front of a whole mass of people in the court uh, that they posted that Valpo Athletics had posted? I hope this is new. This is like this is the most people they've had in that gym in forever. If this is new, I'm not sure if it is. Um, it might be old, but uh, yeah, I mean it, it's a like I said, the timing of it, trying to. You know, you need to honestly rush it to a point. And this is one that you can rush because it's a good one for sure. If he's been learning under Mark Fee for a while, and yes, as Illini fans, we definitely love and appreciate him. And that's just, you know, and they're familiar with him. Yeah, he's been there before. So this was a, a no-brainer and one that people have been circling around. You mentioned he was up for Illinois State last year and didn't get it, didn't interview well. But Valpo, I guess, would see right through that because they need to get the ball rolling a little bit with somebody and – Good to see him go. Like I said, Diavaro's still there. Other than that, they've lost almost their their whole team and who's good uh, for the for the most part. So it'll be interesting to see with him now who they can continue to land. They'll land some decent guys now that he's there. So that'll be a wait and see, see how that plays out. And, you know, we've mentioned uh, Isaiah Swope going to Indiana State already big time. That's just other around the valley. There's another one that another new player added to the league that's a decent one, and it's a big one, literally a big one, and it, and he doesn't have to go far. He stays in the city of Nashville. Noah Belmont went and got them a guy from the SDC. They did, and he must love the city of Nashville, like you said, but they go get a Vanderbilt transfer in Malik uh, Dia. Um, this is a guy where he's 6'7". Out of high school, he was um, – a three-star prospect. He's a big guy where they just going to continue building down there. And we knew Casey Alexander um, could get it done. So add to those two freshmen and Gillespie and Cade Tyson, 
This is a freshman from Murfreesboro, so right down the road, staying home still. Only averaged three points, two rebounds. Only played about nine minutes a game, but this is a guy he can build on and is going to be coming if he's an SEC talent that he can be just fine in, in the Valley. Yeah, and he's smart. He can carry that to Belmont. We know you got to be uh, obviously smart to play at these schools, especially in Nashville. I'm looking at his game on back on January 24th, a loss against Kentucky at home. He played 21 minutes, 5 of 11, had 14 points. Uh, so obviously he does have that in him, and I don't know in that game if like Oscar Sheboy had played. Um, but that that's pretty impressive itself. And, yeah, just the fact that, well, they, they lost uh, bronze. They lost uh, – Freiburg and they, you know, they're not really there at big. We talked about how they're not really, they were one of the worst rebounding teams in the league this past year. So they need a guy like this. And with that eligibility, you didn't have to go far. Belmont could always pick from Vanderbilt. So they have that in their backyard. That'd be nice to have. But again, you got to be smart, I guess, to move schools. And he was going to Vanderbilt and he was already smart. So he'll have the GPA and help the Bruins on the court as well. No, I just had this on here because I don't, because obviously I know. You, you would see it more than I do in terms of in the moment. We, we've seen so many other Valley teams and on certain talents. We talked about how we kind of see Murray State and on almost everybody. We know we talked about last week of the guys they've lost. They have as many spots to fill as we do or more. Uh, it's not surprising seeing that. If there's anybody notable that you've been seeing of higher caliber or just in general, that's good, deemed good in the portal that you see people in on. You can touch on that. If not, you can dive into the news uh, of a member of Drake that we thought could return, but they made a post about him recently. It doesn't look like he is, and obviously it's notable. Yeah, definitely notable. But, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of Valley schools in on some. A lot of guys that we are uh, contacted that Valley schools have contacted, um, but there is that. Um, there's also just another commitment for the Valley today. Um UIC gets one. Didn't think they might get one before a couple of the other schools, but they get Andrew Cream, Andrew King. He's a uh, 6'3 freshman from Houston Christian. This is a guy where has a lot of eligibility, average just under nine points a game, four and a half assists, 3.6 rebounds. Team wasn't very good, 10 and 22, but a lot of upside, I think, with this kid. So, um, Yaklich getting it done there. Then, yeah, the the news you were talking about. Um, interesting with Sardar, Sardar Calhoun, a guy where I thought he had another year in him, and I don't think he went through – I can't remember. All the other seniors they had were so big. I don't know if he went through senior day or not. I don't remember him doing it, but they made a post about him, so expecting him – to be gone. Yeah, and it's definitely notable because how good he was down the stretch. He was an all-bench team member. He showed out at the end of Arch Madness and then into their tournament game. Um, and he, like I said, he was just hot rolling into that. And we thought if he would be on there next year, that would help them obviously continue to be as good as they usually are and expected to be as well. So that is notable. They'll be replacing that. We mentioned how they're in on Landon Moore. And obviously Mason Walters. So that is big news, though, getting that veteran out of there. Um, and then we also noticed that Murray and Belmont are also in on Zach Montgomery. We noticed that, or we know how he left uh, left Bradley for other ventures, thinking he can go somewhere higher. But his interests haven't been that high. 
But now that, of course, Murray, like I said, they're in on everybody. And uh, it stinks that Zick would miss out on the uh, NIL ops that all those other Bradley guys signed, that he would miss out on the potential of that to then go just stay in conference. Because these are two of the best schools that are that were in on them, arguably. We know like South Carolina and stuff, but they're – you mentioned to me just yesterday or the uh, the other day that they're in on like lower mid major guys for some reason. So he could go there. We were thinking how he could have went to Louisville in their rebuild. So that's a wait and see, but that's interesting. And then, oh, we'll touch on quickly here. Before you can touch on, because uh, I have it on here, because I, I I saw and it happened over in the last couple of days today and yesterday. But Bradley and Illinois State also hosting a couple of really good twenty twenty three guys and thinking they both have really good chances to land them. If you have that on you, you can mention those two as well, because that's notable. If they get a good freshman in here for, uh, you know, we could have a good freshman year overall from the Valley, and obviously it'd be bad for us if they get good players. Touch on that, and then we'll dive into uh, the uh, MTEs that some of the other Valley teams are in on, because those have kind of been announced recently, and we know where some of them are going. Yeah, um, Eliza Strong, he's a six-eight power forward, three-star from Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, he's actually – going to be visiting Illinois state this weekend. Um, then he'll be in Boston. He'll be going to Boston college next weekend. He has off. He already has an offer from Boston college, Walford, Appalachian state, Campbell, Duquesne, but no Illinois state offer probably will get it this weekend, but he is visiting there. So that's a big, that's a big time visit for, um, Peden and his staff. That'd be like us. Um, getting probably MJ Thomas this weekend, then he goes and visit Vanderbilt like we talked about. He already has visited them already, so excited to see what he what he looks like. Maybe an Illinois State Red Redbird jersey. See if he can um, hopefully not land there because he's going to be an impressive talent. Um, then Bradley has a guy on campus this weekend. Another European. It's going to be interesting if I can find it here. I forget his name, but um, a guy that usually Bradley fans say when they get guys on campus that they don't leave without committing, but it's a guy where just another international guy with whatever connections Wardle and that staff has overseas, but going to be interesting to see if they can land this kid right away. Yeah, and watching both their tape, they're both pretty solid. So, you know, and we know Bradley for sure. You're right. If they get them on, they don't usually let them leave. And we mentioned how recently they're just a powerhouse in the international uh, stakes. And then, yeah, Illinois State, it seems like, you know, they're hosting tons of guys. And in general, like they have the facilities, things that could sway people. And Pete has a lot of connections to just, in general, like, I'm sure recruit and sway people like that. So again, yeah, if they can land these guys, that's that's new freshmen coming in that could be pivotal. As I said, watch their tape and their studs. So that'll be a wait and see. We'll see what happens with those. And then Noah mentioned MTEs that some Valley teams are in on. Obviously, we don't know ours yet. I just see like Oklahoma State's in one because obviously we play them next season. Uh, Missouri State, we found out recently, is in the U.S. Virgin Islands, the Paradise Chan, the one that we were just in. With some other schools, the only school in the, or there's some like Abilene Christian, FGCU, Norfolk State, Kent State, and San Jose State. Um, and then you have uh, uh, Valpozen, the Gulf Coast Showcase with Buffalo, George Washington, and Wright State. And there's still four 
four spots open with that. So that could just be one in general. That's in Florida. We know we went to the one in Florida years ago and it was awesome. Want to keep it in the States that's eligible and not playing at midnight over in California or anything. Noah Drake from the Cayman Islands Classic with teams like Oakland, Ole Miss, Stephen F. Austin, Wake Forest, three spots left in that. And then Evansville and the Las Vegas Holiday Classic with teams like New Mexico, Toledo, Rice, teams like that. But there's also two left off of these other six teams that are there. And, no, we mentioned you can touch on, like, ones that – out of all those I just read off, and even if you keep scrolling, those ESPN events, Invitational, uh, you know, and UIC's in on one, it looks like down here at the bottom with some okay mid-majors. It's like we talked about, would we rather just go on the road, Power 5? We already have a, a really hard home schedule. If we go on the road and face a Power 5 or have a really good MTE, usually, I remember talking about this recently, that you usually want to reward – or just have that beginning of the, of the season, go to like a beach place or go to something. Like people always want to try to do that. And we historically have always done it. So it makes it seem like we could again, no worry. which one you think that'd be better off, especially for a whole new team, which one, like I said, it's, it's prone to go on MTEs or we can go on the road and face somebody. What you think we should do with that. And then maybe like I said, which one uh, out of all these have options you would like to see us go to, like I said, one that maybe it'd be nice to even go to. Yeah, definitely think um, just looking at some of these, um, I would like to – I think that Charleston Classic, um, I mean, Towson got in there. I don't know if we'd be able to squeak in there. There's some really good teams. Um, but there's some other ones that are open. I think that we played in it before. Sunshine Slam, it's in Daytona Beach, Florida. Colorado's already in one. Um and part of it, UCF is in there. That's a big one. But, yeah, some, I'm interested in um, see what Drake does in that tournament with some bigger schools, with some good mid-majors also, and Stephen F. Austin and Oakland. Um, but the big one um, is where UNI is playing. UNI is playing in the Battle for Atlantis. I remember them getting in this a couple of years ago, putting their name in for it. But they're – that team, which we think will be picked top three in the Valley easily with that young team they're going to have, but they're in a tournament with Arkansas, Memphis, Michigan, North Carolina, Stanford, Texas Tech, and Villanova. That's going to be live coverage, ESPN, and that'll be definitely worth watching. That's incredible. You're right. Even if they plan it in years in advance, luckily for them, they'll have a team to – I mean, it's hard to expect to compete with schools like that. But just in general, go ho hold up a fight at least because you're right. They will be picked near the top of the league. I'm sure they're looking back on that now, but it's a great opportunity. It's like, again, would you rather go and play them that can set you off better the course of the season or does go get killed? But, again, you go take your chances. And that is – Battle for Atlanta is definitely the biggest one. You're right. It's all over ESPN all the time. And there's other huge ones as well. Um as you said, some of these, and it'd be nice for that Charleston one. Yeah, there's a, like Houston's in on that one and stuff. Uh, any of them would be nice to do. Like I said, ones that we can maybe go to that Charleston one, one in Florida, just in general, the ESPN one, any of them that have decent schools. We know that's always a topic once it comes. So if it comes, we'll mention it here. Obviously, over the summer, it'll be announced because if, if teams are in on it now, it's important, obviously, because imagine having to deal with. Oh, let's get a staff member. Let's fill six spots on our team, and then let's also do an MTE. There's a lot of stuff. The AD factors in a lot of that, so it's a whole team effort, and it's definitely a busy time, uh, as we know it for the team. Quickly here, I do, I do really <laughs> quick, ahead. really quick. I want to mention 
Um, I haven't talked about you. I didn't tell you about this yet, but could potentially end up with some, maybe a scheduling conflict because Rocco Miller tweeted out the Myrtle Beach one today and SLU is in it. So Stu Durando quoted Rocco Miller's tweet and said, if SLU plays in this event, which includes three games, it will lead to some non-conference tweaks. The Billikens are believed to have three return games on the road, which is one to SIU. Um, he said maybe a return game gets delayed. We know, which at this point, it probably the way our lot, roster could look, it wouldn't be a bad thing if it gets delayed, but it could look like SLU could maybe weasel their way out from playing us um, in Carbondale again this year. We know last year we had to switch. We had to go up there. They blew us out. So they could weasel weasel their way out again. Yeah, it's interesting because they'll have to fill as many spots as us. And I was just going to say, yeah, they had a four-star uh, commit, a former four-star, wherever it, I forget Oklahoma, off the top of my head. Yeah, an Oklahoma player, former four-star. So they can still get guys. We talked about this past season. Yeah, they did kill us. Uh, but they had all those seniors. Like Yuri's now gone. Okoro's gone. Pickett's gone. But they did bring back Jesperson. Uh, so they'll still be able to fill up spots. And, yeah, I don't think it'd be – yeah, all depending on, you know, both teams, how they can look by that game. And you're right, we could avoid it. It'd be nice to have if we can beat just in terms of however we'll look going into the season. We know that's a good opportunity having them at home to beat them. We know we're a great home team. So historically, whether that's through ever however many teams and who's on those teams, whether that whether that carry is over in general. But it'd be nice to keep. So, yeah, I mean, I also wouldn't blame them for going and doing that to avoid that. So we will wait and see. I'm glad that came to your attention to cover. And that will be something we'll probably cover in the offseason leading up to that game. In November, yeah, like I said, it'd be nice to have, but wouldn't blame them for taking that MTE themselves. So good touch up on that. So, that yeah, they did sign that former four-star notable. And then some other guys here quick. Uh, we know Richard Barron we were in on. Uh, I don't know how hard we offered him and however that played out. We know he went to George Mason with Kim English, and then Kim English leaves to go to Providence. Uh, Richard Barron opened up his recruitment. We're not sure about what he could do, you know, the interests where they would lie. We were like, yeah, he could play in the Big East, and that's exactly where he's going. He's following Kim English to Providence. That's unfortunate. And then, oh, we know Desmond White also reopened his recru recruitment. He was also going to George Mason. Would love to have him. We know he's really good, and he could play the Big East over time. He'll just be All these guys will just be freshmen next year. They can groom into great players. It's only a matter of time, though, I think, before we see Desmond White go into Providence with all those guys as well to wait and see. I would love to go in hard on him again. Uh, but, no, there's that. And then there's also other recruits. You you saw someone else open up the recruitment, someone we were in on. And then, obviously, you're, uh, you can touch – you already mentioned MJ Thomas. But, again, if he was wanting to go to Vanderbilt, Oklahoma State really bad, he would have probably already went there by now. We're thinking we maybe still have a shot for MJ Thomas, and these are – like I said, strictly for more 2023 guys. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, Desmond White definitely playing or being from the same city. And uh, before he went to a prep school this season, um, being from the same town as one of our legends and Jamal Tatum. So that's a guy. But another guy that opened up with um, the Kennesaw State coach taking the South Florida job, um, a point guard. And Miles Shea opened up his um, recruitment again. We offered him, or we hadn't offered him, but we were in on him a little bit. He did that before he committed. He had an Indiana State offer, so hopefully he's been 
tweeting out offers left and right. He's been getting other offers. So that's another guy that potentially a backup point guard, if we're looking for one, you can bring him in. Um, but other guys, Avante Parker, he hasn't committed anywhere. That's a guy we kind of got in late after he decommitted from Georgia Southern. Yeah, and, and I would I would hope that they would st- – because, again, we talk about Kobe Knox. You want to get guys with eligibility. You want to get the seniors, the Mason Walters and the Cedric Wilcoxes, but you definitely need guys that you can groom into just being those other cornerstones for two or three years, you would hope. And especially if they're – well, that's out of high school in general. If you can get young guys in the portal, you know, if they commit to you once, it would be hard for them to commit elsewhere. So you know they'd be committed for those last couple of years they'd be in college. So it's vital getting those positions. Uh, so we'll see how that plays out. But you're right. I, I would give ourselves hope for some of these guys. And MJ Thomas would be one of the biggest, if not the, we know Desmond White's really good. Uh, we would we would be in favor of adding these kind of young guys, as we know. So we'll, we'll keep an eye out for those. Uh, so that's everything that's happened recently. Like I said, no, we tweeted earlier about people getting in touch with it because there's been mixed emotions about how things look with Foster leaving and everything that happened a week ago that we already talked about. And rightfully so, there's a little bit of skittishness going on about what you know what uh, can happen, what should happen, what's going to happen. Uh, a lot of things to talk about, a lot of things for this staff and this program to, you know, to add and to do going into these coming months. So we'll talk about here because we tweet about if people want to DM us just in general, feel free and we'll talk about them here. We got a couple, thankfully, and we'll just and we'll have a couple here to end it off just topics in general that we had. You know, with people yesterday on Twitter in general, like a topic on those specifically, and obviously we'll do like our own little state of the program as it stands. But let's get into some of these guys and what they were able to DM us and ask us. Some of them were like almost statements, but some of them were there wasn't asked that we had to try to reiterate and try to uh, change it for us to understand it a little better. But let's talk about the first one. It's um, Mr. Mediocrity is his Twitter name. Shout out to him for DMing us. He's a follower of ours. Uh, he sent us earlier. Did Brian's chances of being the head coach past next season walk out the door with Marcus? And we said it was a good one, and it's one that obviously covers into, like, the state of the program kind of thing. And it's a lot of talk in general before any of this officially happened. Anything has obviously been the, the coverage and talk about Brian and his future in general because we know contract talks – you know, are in the works, should have been in the works. Mike mentioned it to him a couple weeks ago in a thing, so we know it's there because he has an expiring contract. There's whole different opinions on it. But, no, in terms of this question, we were kind of trying to rephrase it to ourselves about what he really means, about if his uh, – obviously, like I said, him next season, walk out the door with Marcus, about – we know it's inevitable that Marcus was going to lead this program. It's like, yeah, if you get the best years of somebody – how is it going to look after the fact? And I was able to respond to him whenever we talk about it again on here that, you know, it's going to happen with Marcus, but definitely, you know, an extent because we try to, you know, rephrase it in terms of extension talks about you need to be able to prove it with your cornerstone guys away. And it would seem, because we've said about amongst other teams in the portal area, it's hard to really be that bad. You have to get guys to commit and guys to buy in from elsewhere in a lot of spots, but it can be done. So Noah, in terms of what you know about what he asked and how you take it as well with the extension, it's like, yeah, you would think that if, if it held off, if he would get one, it'd be small. You've said this to me a little bit in the last whatever, obviously you don't give him something huge, even after an awesome season that we've had, 
that now you're having to replace a lot, he needs to show that he can clearly prove it with a whole new fresh slate again before any of that happens. Yeah, most definitely. And with with only two years starting next season on his contract, that's to be able to prove it, that's kind of hard to do. But I've heard the rumblings that um, that this could be it next year, that if he doesn't win, which – Say an AD or the the higher ups saying that their definition of win and our definition of win could be completely different, but I think it needs to happen. Either wait till next next off season, go ahead and extend another after see what happens this off season, or it needs to happen now because with recruiting and anything, you can't coaches can't without stability tell kids to come here. Um, because if you don't extend them now or even after next year, the percentage of one of the best recruits he's had in Kennard Davis is probably around 10% of being four years at SIU. Yeah, and again, it, it kind of just – some of this, you know, especially after the season, like we knew Marcus and Lance probably weren't going to come back. It was close. Marcus almost did come back. That we knew that was going to happen anyway. So, and but again, this was talks amongst or with Brian before it officially happened. But again, if everyone kind of knew they were leaving, you know that their careers are coming to an end. It's like, yeah, you you don't want to push them out the door, you know, even after this good season, but because you want to see improvement without those guys. And that was before we lost a, a staff member, lost Foster and Dalton. So it's kind of just falling apart to where it would seem like, yeah, he's got to do something really good here. He's got to get guys in. He's got to get hit on a on a coach, a good coach, and just in general, a lot of stuff that's hanging over his shoulders because he's thinking to himself, yeah, I need stability myself as well. I need to prove it here with my expiring contract to get these guys. Now, I just lost a staff member. Like, There's so much pressure on him that he, I'm sure, feels. He trusts the remaining guys on the staff to be able to go help him get these players while he finds an assistant, like there's so many things circling around right now that he's looking at himself of stability. And you're right. I wouldn't want to, you know, sell and recruit a kid. And, you know, that's what happens. You you sell him and then you have a whatever kind of year and then he leaves. And that'll be, you know, luckily, like I said, at the time, you have to get a waiver after the fact. If someone comes here this season, it's lackluster and then they want to leave because Brian's on his way out. Like, you know, then that they would have to go through the process of transferring again. So I would definitely think that, uh, you know, okay, so like a season of absolute mediocrity of 500 or worse, it's like, yeah, of course. And we, we've we said a lot recently that, I don't know, historically, if people at this level go replace and get six, seven new guys, and if you really compete at the level you truly want to. Like, we think clearly the, the, the win number we got to this year, we wanted 18 and a half, we got 23. Like, not saying you just go and win 20 games next year. That'd be great. If you can win between 18 to 20, like obviously the, the expectations are to win a Valley championship and all that jazz, but in realistic terms, don't go 500, don't go below 500. Try to avoid Thursday if you can, just in general, if you're the five or the six, okay, then that is what it is. So it, there's a lot of things circling around this and what, what it can mean, how it can be taken. Like clearly, yeah, these are vital months here coming up. So to answer your question, Mr. Mediocrity, that's, Marcus was going to leave at some point anyway. It's how you fill his spot and continue this. And luckily, we had a 23-win season to sell guys on coming here now with a, 
but we didn't want to have all these spots filled, but we knew there were going to be at least four or five spots. And that's with Trent. We were counting Trent's spot. If he comes back, then you don't have to fill as many, but definitely it's vital. In the transfer portal era, it's vital to filling spots. It's inevitable. This is the biggest topic amongst everything. And it's rightfully so people are feeling a certain way about him and just everything else. And it's, it's reasonable. He's got to, the, the program has to get guys enough to go compete. You don't want to clearly get guys and go be bad. That's clear as day. So hopefully for the most part, that was relatively the answer. Now, if you have anything else to add on that, you can. We'll dive in. You can touch on that, and then I'll give it to you about what Tyler Yankovic said. He kind of, like I said, he didn't really ask a question. He kind of just had a big old thing, staying positive. You can pick parts, stuff like this that you agree on or stuff that stick out that, that Tyler said here and the almost novel he said. Uh, that sticks out clearly of if people want to take the positive side of everything going on. Definitely think um, it's going to be an interesting off scene. It's obviously the most important for this staff and adding to the staff going to be interesting. Hopefully by the middle of next week, um, there is um, a hire and hopefully that hire has connections. I've been joking with multiple people, Hopefully this guy can bring two guys with him, and hopefully as a four-star son in high school, he can also bring here. But that seems to help around the Valley if you have a son that can play. Um, we've seen it throughout the years. But, yeah, this Tyler sending, sending what he said, um, taking the – I mean, yeah, at this point you can't just – you can be negative, but you just – you got to take some positives throughout of what's happening um, what we just went through for this four years of this program and where it is trending in the right direction. Um, the momentum we had, yeah, has it been the momentum been stopped a little bit? Yes, but um, it's completely not stopped. And you have to take the positive side of um, where Tyler said he's, he's a college athlete at a small school where he's living in the transfer portal era and it just happened. So, um, sometimes it sucks losing guys, but sometimes, um, there can be a lot of addition by subtraction, but it's just, it's going to be the norm. This is going to happen. I'm sure we'll be sitting here on April 7th next year and maybe a surprising guy leaves, um, that we weren't expecting. Yeah. And I think just in general, yeah, I, I think people just need to hold off like, as you said, yeah, we need to have a staff member by next week, and then it's like, okay, well, at some point here, you need to get it to help to have him help recruit because, yeah, we need we need the people to cover the states of Pat Monahan and just in general, just to add somebody that that shows a little bit more stability, just a guy to help the cause. But I think people just need to wait to see how it plays out. Like, I think one thing that people would want to see more, and what we've talked about, is we just want to see like offers out to people we know the interest will be there and some guys will come out of nowhere that we weren't expecting and stuff but it's like it's good to see we're near the end of Mason Walters and Cedric Wilcox potentially we know we were in on Rasheed Bello until he trimmed at the two so like we know some of it's there you need to hit on some guys though uh and we talked about like maybe some of these guys were in on not all of them are terrible it's like well we just want somebody in general and Mason Walters would be a great step in that direction uh, but just slowly but surely, Grant, like, because it's been a month since the season ended. It's been a week since all this has other stuff has happened. And whether Foster took them off guard or not, you know, they know that they need to go. And whether that's just convincing Trent because you need a shooter, blah, blah, blah. You just need to fill. And we just gradually need to see stuff happen. 
But I do think people need to wait to see it happen before they totally freak out or give up on anything. Um, but And I would hope that they would want to see something, whether they would think it's underwhelming. Yeah, if we go get an NAIA player of the year, I hope people wouldn't look at that itself. Watch his tape, see how he's good. He's a veteran. Like, if you just, they just need to pick apart things and not obviously freak out good or like bad if something happens. So, like I said, it's kind of just a slowly but surely kind of process. And he kind of mentioned NIL. We don't know the number. We talked about if the money towards Marcus wouldn't segue into getting other guys, if you could convince him or not, I would hope that it would, because why would you have the money for Marcus? Oh, we can't come back. Oh, let's, we'll just, let's just not use it to help get new guys in here. I would hope that it would remain and get there. We don't know what the numbers could be. We were kind of talking about what Marcus's number was, what number we could use to help get, because if it's just for basketball, this full-born youth thing, we need to use it hard now and convince a lot of these guys, spread out some stuff to get in order to get these guys. And that's kind of what he alluded to was NIL. And I would definitely think that clearly will play a factor, whether this was announced or not, money would have to play a factor in some of this clearly. So again, I just, hopefully people can let this play out a little bit. So Tyler, we appreciate the, 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 the positivity in yours. We kind of tried to pick it apart. Hopefully we did best we can. We responded to you as well. Hopefully you, Enjoyed that. And then, no, I mentioned just some communication we've had with other fans, good or bad. It happened yesterday in, in terms of Johnny Logan players. And the initial uh, topic was based around Kurt Lewis being, which, by the way, Tyler was the national coach of the year. Wanted to add that in there. Congrats to Tyler again on a, an amazing year. Kurt Lewis, his player, we know going to Mizzou, got the player of the year. And he said, and he, Pretty much said, like, why 8.7 miles away, why can't we go get these guys, blah, blah, blah. And no, as we know, we were both defending the fact national JUCO players of the years aren't going to come to an SIU. I mentioned Leones because Bradley's an international powerhouse. They can just get those kinds of guys. It's unrealistic for SIU to think they can go get a national player of the year at JUCO because differing opinions, we saw somebody respond that there's another side of it that it's not always just they're looking for better schools or bigger schools. But no, as we know, like I said, it's unrealistic thing. You can just go get a guy that wants to play at Missouri, wants to play at all these things. People need to dimmer their expectations. We just need to get his teammates that are role players, good enough role players like the ones they just had this past year. Yeah, it's just crazy to think where um, guys that people actually have that mindset of those top Juco guys coming to a school like SIU, I think there is, like I told the guy yesterday, there is players over there that SIU should recruit. And we had even had a former um, part-time assistant coach chime in saying he's had guys over there that loved the idea of going to SIU, but they got no interest. And that's been the big topic of conversation right now. But I go to a majority of the home games and I've seen the staff over there. So there is some interest, but besides a walk on and Will Keller, we haven't landed um, any John A players. I don't know what the misconception is of not getting them. I don't know, but it's just his original statement is why I tweeted at him. I mean, Jay scrub went straight to the, the league. He was, there. I mean, just Juco players of the years overall. I mean, Chris Duarte won it before before Jay Scrub. He went to Oregon. Kadeem Allen won it. Just Jay Crowder, Clay Anthony Early. Just guys aren't going to come to SIU when 
they have higher aspirations. That's why they're at John A. Either they didn't like they're a D1 bounce back or they couldn't get into a big school right away out of college. So that's why a lot of those guys come here. But there's also the guys that get under under recruited that develop two years over there that SIU should recruit. But I think they are recruiting a little bit, but it just hasn't landed one yet. No, and exactly. And we want them to be interested in those guys, but it's just being realistic. Like, yeah, whether the grades aren't there for us to want them, but their whole goal is to go bigger. And that's not for everybody. Yeah, as there's differing opinions, and I, that's not the majority. I would think that's close to the majority, but that's not always. And I don't want to, you know, just have that kind of stereotype on Juco players. Juco players are tremendous, but it was this year that had the Elijah Joneses, had the Isaiah Staffords, Kamari Pattersons, guys that you know of that we've seen beginning offered from SIUE and OVC schools, but no, you've seen them play and we saw them just win a title. They're good enough that can play here. And we, we kind of said, we're to the point, if you add two seniors or so in the portal, go get all three of those guys that have eligibility that just came from John A because they can help you content because they just did it there like all of it is in the works of happening and I wish they would do more because this is the season to do it and we know they just never have yes there have been interests they've seen everybody there but just in general that's something we want to clean up that was a topic um so yeah we everybody feel free to stay to keep in our dms we'll answer you and over time over more pods in the weeks we'll we'll talk about them more and more uh, no, I think we'll end here with you can give me your, your final thoughts overall on this and kind of the state of the program. Like I said, kind of people need to stay positive. I think staying negative does nothing for anything, but obviously there does need to be some skepticism a little bit on what's to, what's to happen in the future. There, there needs to be that. So know your final thoughts and your, your state of the program after what was 23 wins, the most success in a lot of facets we've had in a long time. Now it seems like it, it's clearly not rock bottom, but it's got, like I said, I've used skepticism a lot. People need to just take a deep breath and let it all play out. And I'm thinking over time here, we can get some more things into this program that can make people change their mind and get their their hopes a little higher a little bit. Noah, your final thought. Yeah, definitely think we have to sit down. We just, we just got to sit back right now here on the 7th of April and give them, if, if we're in two weeks, if we're coming to you guys, for just like an, an update and there's no assistant assistant hire. There's no mentions of any people visiting, which is almost impossible at this point. And, or we haven't landed anybody, then you can, you could probably start hitting the panic button. You, you can actually freak out a little bit, but um, we just got to sit back and wait, let the staff do their work. Um, if you're behind them, you gotta, you gotta trust them. So this program has been trending coming off 23 wins. We have stuff. We, and we have probably one of the toughest non-conference schedules under Brian we've had so far. So you can use that as a selling point too, because you can tell guys you're going to be playing um, an A-10, really good A-10 school and a big 12 school in our home arena next year. And you can show them everything. So you got a lot to sell on. You just got to give it time. But like I said, in two weeks, if we're, having the same conversations, then um, you can hit the panic button. Yeah, we definitely think like if we see if Mason Walters, if he chooses elsewhere, Cedric Wilcox, we need to see more of those. And yeah, and we need to see an assistant by that time. Players can slowly but surely happen. They can happen over April and May. 
those need to happen at some point. But definitely the assistant first, slowly but surely get players. But you need to get at least one player in the next week. Hopefully that's Mason Walters, and hopefully we can see more of all this. If they schedule those teams, maybe they were thinking Marcus and Lance were going to use their last year until the very end. So a lot of it can play out. It can be good for us next year, but we need to fill these spots and fill an assistant role. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We will have more, obviously, throughout the – this will not stop, just in general. Follow us on Twitter. We'll have everything covered, everything, whatever. Hopefully we get good updates from Mason Walters here coming up. He could be the first domino to fall, and that's a good sign. But hopefully we can get an assistant as well. Looking forward to a crazy, fun, nervous kind of next couple months here to form this new season and years coming up for Saluki basketball. It's exciting. We're looking forward to talking to you guys more and more. Like I said, DMs are open. Feel free.